Today's gospel is about the people of God rejecting his word through his prophets and ultimately through his son. But I want to meditate on these workers' perception of truth and how they reacted to reality. Or in other words, what happens when we shift our seeking or our our perception of absolute truth to becoming our own perceptions and trading that for the truth. And we can see this clearly through the perception of the owner. The owner begins as an owner. They had a strong understanding that the owner owns the vineyard because he hired them and agreed with them on wages. But over time, because the, because the owner is not physically or visually present to them, they start to see the owner as some kind of affiliate of the farm. But within them, there's been a shift, or they started to view themselves as, as the real owners because they're the ones that are there. And after an even longer time, the owner who's, who's still paying them is now seen as an enemy and a usurper, and hence why they felt the necessity of killing the heir, of killing the person who had the right to ownership. But the reality never changed that they were paid workers, right? But their own perception of it was changing, and they decided that their perception of things was the absolute truth, even though it was not. And we all do this in various ways, and I want to emphasize this because we do live in a generation of, of people saying things like, what's your truth, right? What is, what is your vision of, of truth? We do this in many different ways, and this is just to highlight that we all do this on some level. My child's not overweight, he's just big boned. I can't control my tongue, it's just innate in me. I could never achieve such and such because I don't have that genetic makeup. And then these develop further. I'm treating this person in this strict way because I want him or her to learn such and such a lesson. When the reality is you're just angry and it's not your place to teach that lesson. Or I'm chastising this person because he transgressed such and such a commandment, when really the truth is you're just jealous of such and such person. I'm not gossiping about this person. I'm telling what happens that others will learn. No, you're still gossiping. This is not fornication because I intend to marry this person. No, it's still fornication. And then these evolve into, that's the beginning of the shift of our of our mentalities, of not looking at what absolute truth was in the gospel and what our Lord said, these develop further into what's the big deal if a person lies? Sometimes it's necessary for survival. Whenever I did these so-called right things, I got wrong results. And eventually, like the keepers of the vineyard, you start to reject truth as well, putting in its place your own philosophy and your own morality. And so then we can see how they dealt with the servants. The owner sends the servants to to them to collect his share. Really, he's sending them a reminder that he is still the Lord of the vineyard. And the servants, I'm sure, told them that they were sent by the owner. The truth was the servants were servants of the real owner. The truth was that the stewards were also stewards of the owner's property. 
the fake truth or the fake reality that evolved was for the stewards that this is ours. So what was the reaction? To beat the truth. To try and subject the truth to individual standards. So they beat the servants. They beat the bearers of the real truth. When we want to be right, we get angry at those who tell us we're wrong, as though that will make our wrong somehow more justified. We're all guilty of this on some level until we learn to love the truth. I know of two close friends that had a strain in their relationship because after years of friendship, one of the friends started making really bad and dangerous decisions. The decision started somewhat benign and whenever the friend would warn the other, the other would justify the wrong or dismiss it or say that he knows and he's working on it. But when things escalated over a long period of time, their friend got more bold about speaking the truth and would call out the other on his bluffs, telling him that he said that he wouldn't do such and such a thing or that he's worried. Finally, the guy doing the wrong stuff turned on his friend and told him, why do you always have to be so negative? He repackaged the empathy and concern of a friend and gave it a new name and called it negativity. Objectively, whose behaviors were the negative ones, if we were to look at absolute truth? Then he pushed further and said, isn't a friend supposed to support a friend through everything? Is that objectively true? Should I support my friend in doing something wrong, or should I support my friend in something that he and I, or at least one of us know, will harm them? This is the way that we start to make our personal truths, quote-unquote, become absolute truths. But this new truth is what made the one friend hostile toward the real friend. And it's easier to hate the truth when you have company, when you have a group to do it with you. If there was only one worker for this steward, I doubt that he would have dealt with the servants this way, because he'd be more self-aware from day to day while he was there alone working. He'd have more of a chance to, to self-reflect. But the group of workers fed off of each other, almost like a, a single worker versus, versus a union. Another example, just because of the times that we're, that, we're, that we're in, after a certain president was elected, and I'm not trying to get political, I'm trying to emphasize a principle, is that when the current president was elected, people dropped friends who voted for him. This was a real phenomenon that, that actually happened. Some claimed they needed to leave their religion because they're upset that certain clergymen voted differently from themselves. But what happened to the so-called valued freedom of speech, freedom to vote, freedom to select? Was that truth lost or was it never true? What happened to the truth that people claim that they are all for everyone having the right to his or her own opinion? A group demonstrated saying, not my president. And what about the objective truth that he is the president? Forget all of that, let's pretend all objections are valid. If so, then how is it different? How different is the situation than some of the countries that Westerners make fun of? Again, the intent here is not at all to be political, but because it's in everyone's memory, it's an easier example to emphasize that once things don't go our particular way, or once someone presents an opinion that is not the same opinion as my own, or once somebody does something I'm uncomfortable with, 
that suddenly truths that I claim to have proclaimed don't exist anymore because my, my comfort, my opinion, my views were challenged. And we see how the masses can hate truth or make up their own all the time. That was recent in a work, but we've seen it other times in history. We've seen it in world wars, we've seen it in slavery, we've seen it in allowing or disallowing certain groups from voting. If one person had a dialogue with one other person, the person might have arrived at truth. But when lots of people get together and say, this is how we do it, then dialogue gets lost and bullying arises. That's why the proper approach is to self-reflect and ask, what is the truth? Had they stopped and listened and asked themselves, how did we come to be at this farm? If they were to just stop and ask themselves that question, were we born here? No. So clearly someone hired us, somebody brought us here. Who? The actual owner. That was who. So people make up their their own truths and convince themselves of it, but they are not their own truths, they are their own lies. It makes our meaning more comfortable. If people angry about the election or whatever it is, stop and ask, objectively speaking, for any issue, why am I angry? What I am accused of being wrong, is it wrong? And if so, is what I am doing wrong also? Or is it right? And where is that objective coming from? Hopefully it is from the gospel and not myself. But if I ask these questions, then I can actually start growing because now I have a direction. Now I know in which way it's supposed to go. When you are arguing with one another, when you are fighting with someone, when you are justifying a wrong behavior that you do, when you do any of the examples we discussed, you are insisting on being right in some way. Instead, as we said, stop and ask, what is the truth? It will shed light on behaviors. No, this thing that I am doing is wrong. I'm being stubborn because I don't like losing. I'm defensive because I don't like feeling inadequate. I'm lazy because I'm afraid of failure. You might start to get direction on your personal vices. Right? This is the easiest ways for us to start growing is to recognize objectively where we fall short. If you apply it to you in your own arguments, even better. You need to ask yourself when you are arguing, why do I think that I am right? Most people have never stopped to say that. They just assume the position of being right. But they don't ask themselves why they believe themselves to be right. Just ask that question and slow yourself down. If you ask this question, perhaps your argument will turn into a dialogue rather than an argument. The simple question changes everything from being a subjective issue to an objective one. Once you start to see the truth, you get liberated and you begin to be renewed and to change. You no longer fear things. Once something is out in the open, it no longer has any possession over you. The minute that you're able to acknowledge the wrong, nobody can hold the wrong over your head. You've already acknowledged your wrong. You're not trying to justify the wrong. But a person who's afraid of the truth, a person who doesn't want the truth, is always going to live in fear that it's known. Right? Anybody who has had something to hide knows that feeling of always worrying about the day that is going to get exposed. We've all done that on something where it lingers and lingers and lingers. But having the truth out there just makes it the simplest thing in the world. 
and make things much more comfortable. This is why our Lord proclaimed himself as the truth. He said, I am, I am the truth. Whenever we stray from him, whenever we stray from his image and likeness in which we were created, we are moving toward a lie rather than toward truth. We do this morally, we do this behaviorally, and we do this dogmatically. Men prefer darkness over light, as the scripture tells us, or that they preferred, in other words, lies over truths. It was more comfortable for men to believe in lies than it was the truth. But everything that is in darkness stands to be exposed. Our Lord sends us messengers and prophets all the time, and it is up to us to listen to them or to ignore them. So ask yourself if you have a heart looking for truth, a heart accepting of rebuke, a heart accepting of advice, or if your reaction to truth or advice or rebuke is always to be argumentative or angry. Ask yourself if you get defensive when someone suggests that it's possible that you are imperfect or, God forbid, even wrong in your doing something. If you are defensive, it means that you either have a false truth, that you are infallible, or simply that you just don't like truth. If you do not like the truth, then there's no way you're like God, because it's, it's who God is. We might think we would never be those people who killed the son when he comes, but we are, we are all that person if we are adamant on choosing our way over the right way, even when it is uncomfortable for us. May God grant us the humility and the grace to recognize our fallibility, to recognize our imperfections, because in so doing we are able to correct our wrongs and to grow in the truth. Rather than wanting to usurp the vineyard, we can be proud to work for the Master, because the truth that they didn't recognize was that God would have taken those servants and adopted them as sons, as he told us, you are not servants, but friends. May we live in the truth so the truth may transform us and set us free, for indeed it is only the truth that sets us free. To him be glory and honor and worship now and always into age of ages. Amen. <coughs> And G C M O K N O.